0: Acts chapter 17. And I begin reading at the very top of the chapter. And uh, hopscotch just a little bit after the initial reading. But uh, this chapter begins by saying Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and the chief women, not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, <coughs> excuse me, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jacob, uh, of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down, or come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, there is another king, one Jesus. They got that right. And they troubled the people, And the rulers of the city, when they heard these things, and when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. Now, there are additional things here, and I'll mention some of it uh, here in the next uh, little bit. But uh, this chapter is set in the country of Greece, the nation of Greece. In fact, if you wanted to outline the chapter, it outlines very easily by the geography that it notes. The first uh, nine verses are set in Thessalonica. The verses 10 through 14 are set in uh, the city of Berea and then verses 15 through 34 in Athens. So you can geographically outline the chapter, Thessalonica, Berea and Athens. Now it's been my privilege to be in Greece a number of times. In fact, I've been there 12 different times in years past, Um, anywhere from a day to two, three, or four days at a time, probably all total, maybe a month that I've spent there in Athens and the surrounding area. I've been to Thessalonica more than once. I've been to Athens every time uh, in those trips. I have not been to Berea, but uh, I can tell you something about the nation of Greece. What we read here in the book of Acts reveals very clearly that it was then a pagan really an ungodly nation. And I can tell you from having been there in the past years, in my own lifetime, it is still a very paganistic nation. It is not in any sense of the word, like uh, what we would think that it ought to be. And whenever we see that paganistic, heathenistic flavor of things that the chapter lays out, um, the critics, the folks who got upset, those fellows of the baser sort and others, they came, and in verse 6, they said, uh, hey, these guys have upset things. They, they have turned things wrong side out. In other places, we've heard about what they do when they show up. When they come to town, we've heard things get in an uproar, and they, they are setting, they are upsetting things. They're turning our world upside down, and they're doing that right here as well. Now, that tells me something about these people. They thought they were right side up, they thought they were. But when Paul and Silas and their entourage of Christian workers, whenever, whenever they showed up and began to preach what is in verse 19, the critics call this new doctrine, talking about Christ and so forth, uh, and getting out the gospel to them, that upside down world that they thought was right side up got so upended <clears throat> that they uh, turned on Paul and Silas, and uh, you know when you start moving things and moving it in the right direction and thinking thing of uh, uh, shaking things up, uh, it does draw the ire and the hostility of uh, folks that are not on board with you. And yet, Paul and Silas they did what they did here, and they did it. I mean, without a lot of things that you and I think we have to have, they didn't have men. Uh, I mean, they didn't have the media, probably not very much money and machinery. I mean, they lot they did not have, and yet they were upsetting and uprooting that world. I mean, dirt, trash, garbage, and all. It was a mess, but you tinker with it even if it is a mess. They'll look at it and they'll say, well, it's our mess, and we like it, and we, we think uh, it's what we want, and whenever you tinker with it, then and now, they'll mess with you. And we see it here carefully. Uh, Verse uh, six, there were accusations, unfounded, unjust, unreasonable accusations. Verse five, there were assaults, physical violence, Uh, just uh, doing things to them to try to uh, beat them down. And then verse nine, they uh, got the authorities involved. You know, it's much like, uh, let's see, what's it much? Oh, it's much like 21st century America and all that's coming unglued across our nation. Now, Paul and Silas were men of faith and they were stirred up. They were stirred up because of that and they were very faithful in what they did in their ministry. And because they were stirred up, they also stirred up things in the city where they came, even though the city was upside down in its thinking, uh, when it began to hear about right side up, they got stirred in the wrong way, and the fruitfulness of Paul and Silas stirred that opposition. So, upside down, some of them were getting right side up, and uh, some of the ones that were still upside down, they were upset because some of their folks were getting right side up. Now, I'm sure you're well aware there's a lot of upside down in our world, but you and I know some things that get it right side up and we don't have to have rehab programs. We don't have to have government grants. I mean, it's a lot of things we don't have to have. You say, how do we get things right side up? Well, the same way they did in Acts 17. You see, right side up always begins with a conversion. A friend of mine who is in a major denomination that used to be something but has gone down the tube, uh, he said to me, he said, uh, he said, I don't know whether we get anybody converted anymore or not. And I ask myself the question, what is it then that you guys are doing? Why do you have the sign out that says church if nobody ever gets converted? Folks, right side up, whether it be in Greece or in America or wherever, right side up comes about by genuine conversion. And the men like Paul and Silas, who are movers and shakers for God, They themselves are genuinely converted men. That's the reason why they are movers and shakers. And they're focused on getting the gospel out, focused on winning people to Christ. And uh, I mean, the apostle Paul himself was a persecutor before he became a preacher. And the result of that is, uh, the, the consequence of his conversion is that he stopped the persecution and got on God's team. Right side up always is by conversion. You can't get your family straightened out like it needs to be. You're not not going to have a long-term blessed relationship like you'd like to have at your house unless conversion comes to your address. Second thing that I'll point out to you is that right side up must be by the book. I'm talking about the Bible. God has given us his inspired, inerrant, infallible word And you and I can, I mean, we can build our life, we can build our family, we can build our business, we can build our church, we can build our schools, we can build our nation, every single thing that is of value to us, God's given us instructions that are authentic, they're accurate, and they ought to be authoritative with us. I mean, just plugging it in where we live. Listen, it's not the vote of the city council that ought to matter with us, but it's what thus saith the Lord That's where we ought to get hold and build on that. I mean, God has preserved his word. It's pure. It's powerful. And there's no reason why that you and I can't latch on. I mean, while we live here on earth, why we can't latch on to whatever the wisdom of heaven is. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us to pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That tells me we can do it heaven's way if we'll simply listen to what God's given us in his book. And so, it all begins with conversion. We begin to build on the things that we get in the book. And, and, and by the way, right side up does bring change. You get converted, you're, you're upside down. You get converted, you're not going to stay that way. The book's going to instruct us, and it will bring change to us. Just like uh, two or three instances here in this chapter, verse 4 says, Some of them believed, and immediately when they believed, what they do? They've consorted with Paul and Silas. It's just another way of saying they got with their preachers. They had a good time. They began to fellowship with the Christian crowd. Right side up does bring change. You say, what's that going to mean for me at my house? It means daddy's going to start coming home at night directly from work. Daddy's going to come home at night. Right side up means that uh, dad and mom are in love with each other. With each other. Uh, Right side up means uh, uh, no more stops at the liquor store. Right side up means that um, the grocery money is not going to be wasted on the lottery. (laughs) Right side up. I was pastor in Maryland for a long time. I don't know what they do here, but the lottery up there, a big theme they always had. You got to play to win. I, got, I mean, over and over again, I hammered on you. That's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Truth of the matter is, you got to play to lose, right. which is what most people do who play. Right. You know, a few, few people get a little something along the way, but most people lose. No, the gro- hey, right side up, the grocery money doesn't get spent on the lottery. Right, right side up, that porn shop over across town gets closed down. Amen. Right side up, HBO is off limits now. Even if it is in your house, on your cable package, HBO is not something you park on when right side up takes hold at your place. Right side up, oh, oh, listen, I'm feeling it. Right side up, can I quote something a little bit out of context and apply it here? Right side up means out in town, you're gonna be fully clothed and in your right mind, Amen. I just felt good about that. Right side up, dear friends, that old foul mouth is no longer vulgar and profane when you get right side up. I've heard several guys say, in fact, I heard a guy say just uh, a week or a week and a half ago, right here in Florida, I heard a guy say, he got saved and lost half of his vocabulary. <coughs> foul mouth goes away when right side up takes hold. Right side up, those dishonest deals at the business go away. And folks, right side up is going to put you at odds with a bunch of stuff. Right side up, the ACLU, the networks, political correctness, the woke culture, the council council culture, all that liberal crowd religiously and politically, all of that. You're going to be at odds with that when right side up takes hold. Right side up can come. Listen, it can happen. It can happen in Florida. It can happen in Ocala. It can happen at your house. You say, how is it going to be happening? It will come when it's engineered by supernatural might. The Bible makes very clear here in this passage, these folks had religion, but the apostle Paul said to him, you're worshiping some God that you don't know and can't be known. In fact, was, didn't exist. But he said, I'll introduce you to somebody who does exist and somebody you can know. Far too many people across America are putting reformation. This is going to reform. We're going to try to straighten up. Folks, that's nothing more than a band-aid. Nothing more than a band-aid. What we need is not to reform, but to be regenerated. That's the cure. All starts back at point number one with conversion. Religion is a mere surface issue. It's redemption that creates a new heart. And that's what we need. That new heart that only God can create. Only God can give. You say, how in the world do I get it? Jesus died on the cross. He arose from the grave. Triumphantly he arose. He ascended back up to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on behalf, advocating on our behalf. Now, once that we've trusted Christ, he is our advocate, our attorney in heaven, and he makes that salvation possible, and he makes it available to every single, breathing, living human being who will simply trust him. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to be able to climb a tall mountain or swim white, ride rivers. You don't have to be able to put large amounts of money into anything or any amounts for that matter. The fact is salvation comes to men, women, boys and girls, red, yellow, black, brown and white, wherever they are on the planet, whenever we put our faith and we put our trust in the crucified and risen Christ. No longer my works, no longer my heritage, no, matter, no longer my ethnicity, no longer some religion, but it's a matter of fact that I look and I say, Jesus died and he arose from the grave for me and I'm willing to risk everything, time and eternity on him and I'll trust him for it. And that's when salvation comes. Right side up, dear friends, we'll put the gospel business in high gear. For any church that gets things right side up, any preacher that gets things right side up, any missionary, any teacher, any soul winner, whenever we get things right side up, we talk about Jesus. We talk about the gospel. We, uh, we agree even with this wicked crowd when they said, there's another king, one Jesus. And we say, yes, that's, that's correct. Right side up motivates us. We're the sons and daughters of God. We get converted. We realize that we've been forgiven. We realize we're now in the family of God. We realize we're going to go to heaven when we die. And I'm telling you what, if if that don't ring your bell, you might ought to check and see if there's anything there to ring. It's just a matter. It ought to motivate us whenever we realize who we are and what we have once that we come to Christ. We have a vision. Now we can see what we need to see. Upside down, Well, that's a culture that has determined to be Christless and godless. That's upside down. Upside down is a government that is bent anti God, always wanting to throw the good things of God under the bus somewhere. Upside down is an education system that's corrupt, Marxist, etc. Upside down are churches that are. Bloodless, They are without the blood of Christ. They do not give clear voice to the message of Christ. They do not believe in the authenticity of this great book, the Bible. That's, uh, that's upside down. Right side up. Well, that's salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and in Him alone. You know, it's not a matter of saying, oh, that's one way. No, He is the way. The only way. You can... Uh, you can, you know, latch on to some philosopher and you might find a goodie here or there that sounds good, but it's not going to get you to heaven. You'll die and go to hell. sure as the world if you do that. You don't make a place for Christ and give him, give him the faith that he deserves. Uh, he is the only way that the great creator God will recognize to get you to heaven. Right side up is salvation through the Lord Jesus. Right side up means finding a good, solid church like Central Baptist Church and just getting there and getting in. And uh, as uh, our brother made the point, Brother Lloyd made the point uh, so clearly a little while ago, you know, uh, just, uh, man, get on board and, you know, <laughs> help, help with whatever's going on, you know, be a part of it. Be, be what you can be. And uh, salvation, I mean, it just means church. You know, uh, a lot of these... Uh, a lot of these cool churches, these days, they're not so hot. Uh, you know, they can meet about once a week. It seems like that's all they can handle. I don't know what they're doing, but it seems like it's all they can stand because they're, they're closed down on Sunday nights. A lot of them have nothing during the week. It's just, you know, once is enough, no more. Well, listen, right side up, it'll do something for your appetite. It'll do something to, to enthrall you and enthrall you. We look forward to going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek. You say, well, I know you're out preaching all the time. No, I'm not out preaching all the time. I'm home once in a while. And uh, when I'm home, you say, well, what do you do? we go to church. I go to Sunday school. <laughs> you know? Uh, you say, well, why do you go? You're just... Uh, you know, trying to hey, listen. I, I, I've been doing that for oh, I don't know, 800 years or so. And I've got a hunger for it. It's not what somebody makes me do. It's what I want to do. And and I don't want to lose that hunger. Right side up. When things are right side up, you're not always trying to trim back. You're trying to see what more can you do. Right side up is. Baptism by immersion. That guy in Rome made all that. Uh, uh, I guess he was the one who made the noise about the guy in Phoenix using the wrong preposition about their baptism. You read that in the papers, I guess. Well, if you didn't, you'll read it in the sword. <laughs> Baptism's invalid because of the wrong use of preposition. Well, to start with, they weren't even baptizing. You know, sprinkletizing is not, sprinkletism is not baptism. You know, that word, that word in the Greek New Testament is baptizo and baptisma. It's not sprinkletizio and sprinkletisma. <laughs> Words don't exist. I'm making those up. You know, it's not just a matter of wrong prepositions. I mean, they had the whole thing wrong. Baptism by mercy, that's right side up. Right side up is tithing every dollar. Right side up is going after sinners, trying to win people to Christ. Right side up is doing everything we can to reach our city and our town. Right side up is this blessed King James Bible. Right side up is, yeah, dressing decently and having some standards about how we present ourselves. Right side up is music that honors the Lord good stuff, solid stuff, not crazy, uh, worldly, garbage music. Right side up is one man and one woman. Yeah. Right side up are kids who love their parents. Parents who love their kids. Right side up are spirit filled, men of God. Right side up is preaching at church time. Right side up is what we sometimes call the old time religion. You say, why you call it old time? Because it wasn't founded yesterday. Wasn't founded last week. (laughs) Well, you're just trying to get us back to the 19th century. No, I'm getting back further than that. We're headed all the way back to the Bible. Old time religion, yes. Right side up is praying, expecting that we'll get an answer to prayer. Right side up is determining that we're going to do all we can to saturate our city. Right side up is a vision of hell and a vision of heaven. Right side up is an eye on the sky and right side up is staying at it and never ever even thinking of quitting. That's right side up. Whenever you and I go after the upside-down society in which we live. They may look at you right-side up and think you're a little weird. Of course, if you were standing on your head and looking around, everything would look a little odd to you, wouldn't it? But you say, but they, they, they don't, they don't want to get away from their upside-down world. I know they don't. That's why you and I have to learn the love of God Envelop ourselves in that so that we learn to love in similar fashion to what God does. And we put our arms around people wherever that we find them, however down deep they are, whatever tragic things have gone on in their life. We embrace them in order to bring them to the Savior. And we fellowship them. You notice that verse says that those folks immediately, some of those bad hombres, bad eggs, they they consorted with Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas didn't turn them away. They they knew what they had been, but they knew what they were becoming. And so they embraced them, let them in, let them consort, let them fellowship with them. Folks, I'm telling you, we're living in a time where there's a lot of things upside down. And the same precious truths that the Apostle Paul and Silas gave in, in this chapter and what you'll find all through the Bible, those same blessed truths will set precious people, people that you know, people that you meet out on the street, homeless people and others, and people who live in gated communities, whatever the case, these precious things will set them right side up, no matter how upside down that they are. I'm grateful that there's a God in heaven who sent his son to die on the cross and rise from the grave in order that a little short two before guy like me could be saved, born again, Be in the family of God. And by God's amazing grace, go to heaven one day. Same thing that he made available to me, he can make available to every single one of us and to all of you who are listening and watching. Every single one of us. And if you've not trusted him, listen to me carefully. With a bowed heart, bowed head if you will, bowed heart if you need to, but bend the will of your soul and spirit and just simply say, Lord God, I do believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe he was buried and rose again to pay this in debt and to purchase salvation for me. And I'm going to right now, thank you for loving me like that and I'm going to put my trust in the crucified and risen Christ and claim him as my savior. And if you'll do that and ask him for it, he will receive you, birth you into his family and reserve a place for you in heaven when you die. Stand up with me and we'll pray together.